I don't want your iced coffee going warm. Welcome to another episode of What The Factual. I'm Jill Smith. And I'm Pete Moore. And as you can probably tell, I'm sounding a bit weird again. You always sound weird, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. Yeah. Um, so you're still out in uh, Dubois? I am indeed. As still some people call it. Working away out here. It's hard, tough work, you know, yeah. in the sunshine. Yeah, I mean, we can we just compare our current drink choices? I've just uh, I've just walked in to our where we usually record um, with a nice hot coffee, uh, and then Jill is basically on the iced coffee, which I think says everything. Yep, and I I had a nice little walk outside to go get it cool down with my iced coffee. You know, no, come on, let's be honest. You just said you'd just come from the pool. Yeah. This is a work that you are actually working out there. This is not a holiday. However, it is not a holiday. It's not However, a holiday. I have taken a few extra days to have a holiday while I'm here. And you're going are you going somewhere else next week? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I'm uh, Don't have to. <laughs> the listeners are going to hate me. I'm going to go to <laughs> India and go surfing next week and then then some more work. Which, uh, that's a nice little callback to the uh, Spirit of Ecstasy episode when we were talking about you being a surfing fan. So Yeah, my little trophy it. with my, my, uh, my pineapple, my, <laughs> my palm tree, my surfboard. Yeah, and you can have a pineapple on there as well if you want. There could be a pineapple. On your camper van. So you're actually <laughs> going to live the surf life. I'm very jealous. Then a little bit more work, and then I am back to back home, back to Blighty. So you think? Well, we 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 wonder that if this is at nine. So I think we're thinking that in episode ten, you will be back in what the factual headquarters. Yes, I will. I'll be back home. Good. Well, we'll be done. It'll be nice to have you back. Um, not to take away from your gallivanting around in the sunshine. <laughs> You'll be, you'll be, by the time you're back here, it'll be minus two again. Storms, rain, possible snow. Are you prepared for that? Nope. <laughs> All the things I've been missing out on while I've been away. Storm Aisha, <laughs> which was a good one. Um, well, I mean, weirdly, up north, where our families are, it's mm. been very cold and snowy. Uh, I've had a few photos yes. sent of evidence of such and yeah then, my mum sent me a photo of the snow yeah and then in london it's just been it's been cold but beautiful bright sunshine most of the time the last few days mm. and then yeah so you go out going oh it's a nice day and then you go out and it's minus one ah so as long as it's sunny i'm happy yeah we were filming i was at work the other day we were filming people playing tennis in freezing <laughs> Freezing circumstances and uh, yeah, brilliant. That was great, <laughs> great fun. Standing still, listening to them having a chat. That was my job. Right. Well, should we get into our next subject? We shall indeed. So, a couple of weeks ago, we did the Vikings. And we did we touched on the subject briefly, and then the other day when we were talking about what subjects we want to cover mm. i really liked that when this came up you described it as like a children's story 
It is the Battle of Hastings. The classic children's story. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember. Did I say that? I, you did, but why it's is just it a children's one, story? So the children. It's just one of those things that you get taught when when you're our. I was going to say our age. We are not the same age. My <laughs> age. When you're my age, you think back to school and history when you're a little kid. Not like GCSE and all that because we did more important stuff. Not that this isn't important. Mm. But I just remember the whole, you know, Harold, King Harold, the arrow in the eye, the William the Conqueror. Just in a nutshell, it was a simple, quick, easy history lesson at school, I think. And it was, and obviously there's way more to it. Well, probably way more to it. Right. There's also that very famous poem by Marriott Edgar. When you say very famous, this is one that I have not heard of, so... Be careful throwing phrases like that around. Well, hang on. Tell me what. Who was it by? Maria Edgar. Okay. You might not know the the name. I'm always wary of when you say start. You start a sentence by going, "Well, everybody knows," or "This is incredibly famous," and I just go, "I've never heard of this." Okay, so this incredibly famous poem that everybody knows. Do you want to tell me more about it? Yes. So this is written, it's called Battle of Hastings by Marriott Edgar. Okay. And it's the one that sort of ends um, on his oars with his orc in his hand. On? It's like the really northern one. Do you want to read it? it it's a really long poem, so I won't read it all. But You're not going to perform it I, for Okay, us. so here's what's just happened here. I grew up with this, with this poem and, and the Battle of Hastings. And in my head, everybody knows it. It's like the most... <laughs> That's not how, like, life works, Jill. <laughs> right. True. But I just I just thought that this is like... Like, this is... Ha- okay. This, I thought this is how people knew about the battle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, when uh, you learn about it at school, you learn about, like, from the well, storeroom as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, we're going back to the fact that I probably am a bad barometer of how well people know their history and how well they learn stuff at school. Because, A, I can't really remember much from 1985 or whenever it was that I was starting this stuff. So I think what this is, is my dad told me this poem when I was learning about the Battle of Hastings. And hang on, and you think your dad told everybody else in the world as well, by your logic? No, I just, I figured that he's, right, in my in my little child brain, he's a grown-up. So if I was a grown-up, he's teaching me this. That's what all the grown-ups know. That's, that's, there's some logic in there. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, we'll go with that. So I, so this, oh my gosh, I love this poem, and it's well worth digging it out. Cracks me up. Um, it's basically like in a very, you've got to read it in a very like Lancashire sort of accent. Um, <laughs> it's kind of comparing the Battle of Hastings to like football. Okay. And it's it's just, I mean, it's just you're just funny. delaying the fact that all I'm going to do is ask you to read a bit of it in a Lancashire accent. Because you're building it up. Oh, well, I'll I'll probably offend a lot of listeners. That's okay. (laughs) We we manage to do that every week. Still ambitious to say a lot of listeners. Very ambitious. But we'll go with it. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) I might offend a listener. Um, I will read the last couple of verses. Okay. Um, So 
Battle of Hastings, just to, so we're all up to speed, uh, William the Conqueror versus Harold Godwinson, who was the King of England. William was from Normandy. Yep. We will get into why shortly. Why um, he was from Normandy. It's like saying, well, where are you from? Uh, I'm from the Wirral. Why? But I just mean like, because the, the Normans are involved. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. When the conqueror saw what had happened, a bow and arrow he drew. He went right up to Arald and shot him. He were offside, but what could they do? The Normans turned round in a fury and gave back both parry and thrust till the fight were over by shouting and you couldn't see Saxons for dust. And after the battle were over, they found Arald so stately and grand, sitting there with an eye full of arrow on his oars with his orc in his hand. Very good. I, it is honestly like blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like super common knowledge this parent that's like genuinely wow. never heard just that. learned something about myself <laughs> i've never heard of that but that is a good that sounds good i mean it's um this is a bit vague but have you heard of the book 1066 and all that no so my dad has shown me this book many times and it's it kind of sums up what i'm kind of saying which is the whole point of that book is that it merges history, stories that you, as a kid, you're sort of absorbing it all at the same time and you kind of get mixed up with who did what when mm. and what stories mean what. But it's just kind of like, that's what I, I agree with the fact that when you get to a certain age, all the history that you learn from back in that era all kind of merges together because you, I, and like I say, you just take the bits that you feel are important, i.e. Harold died, William became king, that was that. That was That's all you needed to know to then move on onto the next bit of history. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's sort of like yeah. nothing was delved into in any sort of depth. Well, now we're going to give you the adult version. Oh, hang on. Keep it... Whoa. <laughs> was there something going on between William and Harold? Come on, Jill. Was it the spill the beans? <laughs> That would be a twist. Mm. Um, and the the main, to be fair, the main reason that we kind of know so much about this battle is the Bayou Tapestry. Yes, I've heard of that. Which I highly recommend Googling because it's, it's a masterful piece of work and also a little bit mad. It's really long as well. It's really long. It's very intricate. The horses are kind of like curvy in it. And it's just, it kind of... Is that why it's an adult version? <laughs> the horses are really curvy. I don't know. That doesn't make you know sense. What? It's a bit surreal. It's a bit surreal, well, kind of. Yeah, it's... Um, it, if that's... Is that our main source of information about the Battle of Hastings? Uh, for certain things, like... Um, so in, in the tapestry... Um, King Harold has an arrow in his eye, so that's why. So this, yeah, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. I was going to say, let me just give a little bit of background first. Yeah, let's get um, into it. Let's get into it. So previously, we did an episode on the Vikings, and that sort of finished uh, with the battle <laughs> at Stamford Bridge. Oh yeah, which was up the Humber. <gasps> are you are you <gasps> agreeing with me that it was the Humber? rather than the umber yes. yeah so we did i did google mm. this and there is a river umber but it's in yeah. the southwest so or, so have you all your life 
thought that the River Rumba was the one that came in through all. <laughs> I just don't think I pronounce H. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Where we're from, you're not meant to. Look at Arrows on his horse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Stamford Bridge. Uh, so Harold Goodwinson is King of England. And he's at Stamford Bridge defending England and taking back um, the North from the Vikings. I like the fact that he was he was busy getting the North sorted. Do you know what I mean? Like saying, no, nah, no, come on, Vikings. You're not having the North. The North's good. We want the North. It's got like loads of greenery and stuff. We'll keep that. And then <laughs> that he lost the South, basically. So this is the thing. So he he was busy, had all his forces up there. It was actually his brother Tostig who went against him. Wow. Um, his own brother? His own brother sided with the Vikings wow. to go against Harold, King Harold. Um so that and it was Harold Hardrada who was with Tostig with the Vikings and Stamford Bridge, and then Har- Harold Goodwinson was King Harold of England. So yeah, so he's he's fought off these Vikings, you know, like Tostig's gone, Harold Hardrada's gone, um, and just as his forces are celebrating their victory, genuinely like two weeks later, that that was in September, and the Battle of Hastings was in October. So he barely, and and this isn't coincidence because basically William the Conqueror, um, so what had happened in January of 1066 is Edward the Confessor had died childless, leaving no heir. So William the Conqueror, who's over in Normandy, Mm. he he basically was a distant cousin and said that Edward the Confessor had promised the throne to him. Um, There was Edgar the Etheling. Edgar the what? Edgar the Etheling, we'll come to him. The Etheling. Etheling. Okay. Uh, It means prince or heir. So he was also in contention. And then there was King Harold. So Harold's, you know, fighting the Vikings, just one before he can catch breath. William the Conqueror is like, oh, he's busy up north. He decides to come over and claim his right to the throne. So Harold has barely recovered from his battle up north before he's marched the whole army right back down again Yeah. to then have another battle, which was the Battle of Hastings. So he was up north and he ran all the way back down the country. So William the Conqueror was an opportunist and had realised that he'd left the south unattended. So he basically thought, oh, they're up north, let's go and take London. The timing was significant. Because mm. since Edward had died in January, even though Harold had then taken over as king, because there are all these other, it was that moment of, if you're going to strike, now's the time to strike. So yeah, then he I waited see. until Harold and that were fighting another battle. And that's when he sneaked over. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those over. things. <laughs> it could have hey, gone hey, either way. Because Let's sneak over now. He's, he's up at Stamford Bridge. Sneaky, William. Now's your chance. Now's your chance. So it it could have gone either way because the timing actually worked out perfectly in that the army were had won but were exhausted. So and there was barely time to pause before they had to march and then were straight into battle. So it was one of those things that it actually kind of worked out perfectly. But also William the Conqueror was a very shrewd man. Um there's the story of how basically they pretended to retreat. The Normans pretended to retreat Ooh. and the British basically followed them. And then they turned around and that's how they cut them off. And basically that's how they won. They did that twice in the same battle. 
So the interesting thing that I don't know why, well, obviously I knew we were doing the Battle of Hastings. So I did skim read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, one thing that jumped out at me, which you can, you can try and explain to me if you can. It said, there's not a lot of detail, not, you know, we don't really know this, that and the other and all this. And then one thing it goes is, but what we do know was that the battle started at 9am in the morning. And I thought, well, that's prompt. They didn't sort of put it in the diary. It was perfect timing. Like, you know, have your breakfast, 9am, we're off, we're at, we're at battle. And the other thing that I, you know, I never sort of got my head around was that Mm -hmm. a war is a war, you know, wars go on for a while, mm-hmm. but a battle is a one-off. Is just a day. It's like they just turn up on the day, they have a bit of a fight, quite a lot of people died, and then at the end of the day, it, it, it gets dark, and they just go, oh, well, it's dark now, so... I can't see now, we'll just stop for a bit. Can't see, yeah, we've got to go <laughs> home. So... And this battle is particularly iconic, because as you say, it's just the one day... And yeah, they started, apparently it was an unusually bright day. So they got cracking right. first thing in the morning. Didn't didn't waste any time. Um, Hang on, first thing in the morning? 9am? Is that, is that the first thing in the morning? It's like 6 or something. Uh, I, guess you know? October, I mean, they had time yeah. to go to the gym first before 9am. They probably all had a coffee. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing any fighting until I've had my coffee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, sorry, I interrupted. But yeah, it was. It was a bit more... Um, organized civil if you will um with these kind of rules of engagement but it kind of made sense on both sides did they have a did they have a lunch break i'm not but i'm not fighting for more than six hours let's say you know at two o'clock it's lunch that's not even six hours is it three o'clock i can't do the maths we don't do maths on what the factual on this show no (laughs) so um yeah, so it would have been like this one day, but what a day it was because it changed the course of English history because then, um, yeah, basically, apparently what had happened is the English had the high ground and we the Normans couldn't break through their flanks. So then they basically pretended to retreat. The English came down and the Normans then surrounded them and cut them off. But apparently they did that twice. Fell for it the first time. Fell for it the second time. Yeah, fool me once. What's fool it? Me fool twice, me once. Shame on me or something. Shame. On, oh, shame on you. Yes, yeah, so, uh, didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you, know. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They fell for it twice. They the fell for it twice, and then uh, you know it's getting towards tea time. It's like nearly five o'clock, and then they see that Harold has been killed. King Harold has been killed. So then that's what really like finished it off for them like the normans went in and they conquered i mean i don't know if you know the answer to this but what point in the day did they sort of realize is the battle over is it like chess basically it's like chess isn't it if the king's dead everyone else has to go oh that's it you win you win you got our you got our main piece that's the thing when the king's dead you've got to pick the winning side because it'll have repercussions for you and your family whatever happens next so genuinely if in battle the king falls unless there is a very strong second somewhere then what do you do Mm. people panic see this is another thing that the interesting bit of this i mean at what point in history did we stop you know like monarchs Mm. or these weren't really monarchs were they these were this is before we had like 
you know, like numbered monarchs and kings. Like it was always king so and so of the whatevers, mm. and then and they got fought by some other guy. Prince so and so wanted to be king, so he beat him, you know he beat him up, and now he's king. That sort of era mm. when it wasn't the lineage thing, was it? It was no, it's a bit more of a land grab situation. Yeah, yeah, it was like we opportunists kings so this is the thing like i i i don't know when we got to the bit where the king would go right you're all going to go and fight the french so you have to go over to that field and you know try and kill them all Mm. and everyone goes all right we're the army that's our job we've got to do that whereas in this the king's there like you know in charge and fighting and he's got a you know whatever it is a bow and arrow or whatever so he's fighting with his troops and then when he dies all you know everyone goes oh you've won that's you know the end of the Mm. chess game and then so like you know what point did we start having gutless monarchs who wouldn't go and fight for their own throne that's what i you know i'm i'm saying more power to harold at least he was there on the battlefield i'd say roughly well i mean you're completely right because william the conqueror he's called the conqueror for a reason um not specifically yes because of this battle and how he came and he conquered england but he also then had to keep england and keep defending it from rebel skirmishes and you know he had to prove his worth because even though he won at the battle of hastings we didn't immediately accept him as king Mm. because there was edgar the etheling knocking around now let's delve into him the thing who was he (laughs) so the thing i love about edgar the etheling apart from his name he, he comes from a family of brilliant names. So um, his great-granddad was only Ethelred the Unready. No! Oh, yeah. friend of the his pod. His great-great-granddad was Edgar the Peaceful. Oh, he sounds good. His dad was Edgar the Exile. Yeah. Who was exiled by Canut the Great. Okay. And his mum was Agatha. Just Agatha. Just Agatha. Oh, why couldn't she have like a boss name like Agatha the Strong? She can be Agatha the Strong. Well, she's putting up with all those Edgars. Although, as so as a family in general, um, so yeah, you had Etheling, which means prince or heir. So the idea was he he should be in line to the throne. Um, but as you say, in this point in time, it's very much uh, the strongest wins. And, you know, if he's come from Ethelred the Unready and his dad was exiled... He's not got a strong lineage. Um, but when King Harold was defeated by William the Conqueror, some people then backed Edgar the Etheling. And William the Conqueror was like, absolutely not, son. Marched up to London, defeated him. Wow. And then, like, in December of 1066, so a couple of months after the Battle of Hastings, he then uh, was officially made King of England. Well, do you know what else I read on that? Which, again, is Wikipedia, mm-hmm. so it might be wrong. William was crowned on Christmas Day. Yes, yeah. Which means that too. people had to like go to work on Christmas Day. What what was going on? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, on Christmas Day, we're actually also celebrating the crowning of William the First. I mean, it's been a while, but yeah. But he, so he, hang on. So I've just gone back on what I've just said, haven't I? So he did all this stuff, and in that era of you know, like I said, beating it, everyone beating each mm. other up for the king role of king he was known as william the first wasn't he mm. so yeah 
Why wasn't Harold the Harold the Thirteenth? Because there seemed to be a lot of Harolds knocking about. There were a lot of Harolds. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably more retroactively that he was William the First because at the time he was William the Conqueror, and part yeah. of the reason that he was the Conqueror is because he kept having to defend England. He kept having to defend his his throne. Edgar the Etherman comes back in 1069 uh, with the Danes, and he takes York. So right. William the Conqueror then has to defend and take back York and take back the North, which he does. Right. Um, and he his his whole kind of um, years as king, he is defending and and asserting that right to be king, which, as you say, doesn't happen as much in later years. So you can kind of draw a line around Henry the Seventh. That was the, the end of the War of the Roses when him and Richard the Third had their battle. Henry the Seventh won, literally claimed the crown off the battlefield, and from there on, it became that they were chosen by God. Right, and they, that's why they won the battle because so they just made a new rule. David family just made a new rule where they said, "Oh well, from now on, we're chosen by God, so no one can question that." And everyone went, "All right." It it worked. Well, yeah, it worked for you. Fair enough. And um, famously, his uh, Henry the Seventh's mother, Margaret, she basically wrote a document that was how you behave in royal life and how you behaved in the court and all these mad kind of, they seem mad now, rules that you had to abide by as royal family, some of which had kind of trickled down until relatively recently. Did Henry VIII pay any attention to that? Yes, they followed it by the letter, yeah. He did? It, it was more for... Whoa, so, he, so what was written in it? Say, uh, you can kill most of your wives, uh, <laughs> eat as much as you can until you get really, really ill. He was chosen by God. He could do what he wanted. Mm, um, it was more things like the the one that really sticks with me, um, for example, is when the queen, when she was about to give birth for six weeks prior, had to have very, had to be in a darkened room with very little light or air. Wow. Why? Yeah. Um, they thought it was to help the sacredness of the birth and the health of everyone involved. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not based on modern science, um, and there was there was just it was more like courtly rules of like how you behaved and what you did right. and what you didn't do and and that side of things, um, and it was very much her her stamp on on the on court life and how you behaved and what you did and didn't do. Who wrote that again? Henry the Seventh's mother. And when was that? Sorry, it was it was fourteen hundreds, right? Long time after the Battle of Hastings, so it was kind of. At this point in history, as you say, it's still every man for themselves. The king is out there on the field defending his men yeah, um, and his crown. And it was very much a, I'm going to go out there and make make this happen, defend it myself and kind of, you know. He, I always thought, you know, that you see all these, you know, I don't know whether it's films that mislead you, but you know, you see these sort of medieval things pictures artwork whether knights with like big metal helmets that covered their whole face apart mm. from like you know little slits for their eyes why wasn't he wearing mm. one of them he would have survived well maybe that's why they developed it <laughs> i mean they had those shields i heard this is the thing so i remember at school the shields so and this is on the bio tapestry do you remember do you remember this mm. the, the saxons or the english had rounds 
shields is that yes. right and then yeah. the normans had the the shape where it's kind of like teardrop shape but upside mm. down so it's like you know round at the top and then pointed at the bottom and yeah. i remember that and i just kept thinking why don't they just have really 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 massive big shields like just that the size of a human like why just make a shield that just covers you know a couple of feet just defense you know think about the defense the weight i don't know yeah i suppose but then you you see you would have had to like carry it with you the whole time so if it's the size of a human yeah but it was gonna save your life for ease of fighting it was worth looking about yeah so on the battlefield we'll be like where's pete oh he's in all those fields <laughs> over there hey you won't get me on a battlefield like that no way um another thing that i read that was vaguely interesting was i didn't ever think about this but one of the advantages and it said advantages for the the english in this fight was that they didn't have many archers and i was like how is that an advantage because did it i never thought about this but because there were loads of archers on the french side there were no other like missed arrows for them to pick up and fire back so there was like if you had like equal amounts of archers so ah. the, uh, the arrows coming from one side they'd be like oh yeah look that we can use all this ammunition to get back at them yeah. but they, that was an advantage i never, never thought of that yeah i know well there you go that's one thing i found out Another fascinating thing about uh, William the Conqueror is he didn't mess around. The very same year, 1066, he built the Tower of London. He built the White Tower that's in the centre of the Tower of London, still standing now. He was already thinking of London tourism straight away. He's going, how do we attract, you know, long lines of people from around the world that can just stand and look at, is it pigeons? They just have loads of pigeons. Ravens. Oh, those, the, oh, same yeah. thing. Well, not the same thing. Not you know really. I, mean. I knew it was birds, <laughs> ravens. And the ravens okay, at enough. the tower can't ever leave or London will fall. Wow. Mm. It, yeah, pigeon, it doesn't, that doesn't apply to pigeons then. Nope. Pigeons are a lot more free. <laughs> well, they're not allowed in Trafalgar Square anymore, are they? Good. They drive mad pigeons. So when uh, William the Conqueror went up to London to take on Edgar the Etheling, Oh yeah, as a symbol, and he he basically was bringing Norman rule to England. So, and a lot of good about that. He's actually like really kind of ahead of his time, um, because he wanted the church to answer to him. So he had the ultimate power as king. So even though he was on great terms with the Pope, he still wanted all the churches to be like, "You follow my rule, not the other way around," which is very, you know, ahead of its time. Um, and he also built a lot of castles, like they had. Uh, all over Normandy and, and France. Mm-hmm. And that's why he built the Tower of London. So, uh, yeah, I can't think of any other castles in London that are older than that. Like Maybe that was like the first fortification. Good word. Um, yes, yeah. It was, it was kind of a fortress and gateway to the capital was the idea. Mm. Um, and London kind of became more and more to be what the city is now londinium was that ages before <laughs> i think it was the romans yeah we, we'll get we'll, the romans is another subject there sorry i nearly talked about roman shields before because i always picture the roman shields as being big metal rounded things but i don't know yeah. whether that's just come from movies Does that just come from films yeah maybe 
So William the Conqueror had a long, strong reign. He died when he was 60. He left succession to his sons. So he had like a good, strong heir to pass on everything he had achieved. He built loads of castles, like the Mott and Bailey Castle popped up all over England. Um, and he also created the Doomsday Book. Created. Created nice. or wrote or put together. <laughs> he compiled. He compiled, compiled. the Doomsday Book. Which uh, I don't think that is the catchiest title. If you're trying to write a bestseller, it's a bit negative, isn't it? Why is it called... Like, did he start out by saying, I'm going to write a book? That's a very good idea, sir. What are you going to call it? Um, The Doomsday Book. (laughs) Could be a bit negative. Do you want to be a bit more positive? So it wasn't originally called The Doomsday Book. Uh, It was the Book of Winchester, which is where it was kept. It's not that snappy either, really. (laughs) The Book of Winchester. Where do we keep it? Winchester. Should we just, you know, the Winchester book, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it was much later that it got called the Doomsday Book um, because basically it was the idea that the decisions in that book you can't change them. They are they they were true then. They are true now. It's it's unalterable. I am going to be honest with you. I've never read it. Does it exist? Can you get it on Kindle? It basically became the census. Yeah, I see. I see. So it's, but it's, it's like you can't, you, you, you can't get it on Kindle, but I'm sure it's somewhere. <laughs> Probably Winchester. Oh, there we go. Actually, the National Archives of Kew. Oh, they've actually got the, the original Doomsday Book in there. Yep. Wow. And it's online now as well. Um, I'm going to go on Amazon, see if you can buy it. Now we just call it the census and we still do the same sort of surveys but about slightly different things yeah um have we, we've, have we covered the battle now have we done the battle of Hastings? I, I think that quite neatly wraps up the battle of hastings how we got from vikings to the william the first era the only question i had which was because mm. i've got a mate who's from hastings mm. and he usually says to me that hastings isn't really worth fighting about so, don't know why they bothered. It was for the it was Hastings on behalf of England, it's the whole of England. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Then it could have been Battle of England. Battles are sort of named after where they are, not what they did. <laughs> true, true. I was just trying to slag off Hastings, really. But uh, <laughs> I've never been to Hastings, and no offence to any of our listeners in Hastings, or indeed my mate who's from Hastings who no longer lives in Hastings because he doesn't really rate Hastings. But anyway... We digress. A couple of my friends have just bought houses in Hastings. So lovely yeah. part of the world. It's <laughs> lovely. South Coast. I mean, I'm joking. I think it is meant to be really nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've covered. So that's the Battle of Hastings. We've done Battle of Hastings. Yeah. Very good. Thanks very much for all that. And um, do you want to move on to our little game? Chew the fact. Chew the fact. Arms in the air. Chew the Chew fact. The fact. Chew, Chew the, the fact. fact. <laughs> Chew the fact. We are back with Chew the fact. And Jill's got one. Hold on. We have to do just, just to clarify. This is episode nine. We have, episode nine. It is for all. For all. Yeah. So... Whoever gets this point is guaranteed not to lose. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, okay. So no pressure at all <laughs> on this one. So for any new listeners, this is our little quiz that we have where this week I'm coming up with a well-known phrase or fact and there'll be a question around it of which if you if Pete answers correctly he'll get a point <laughs> it's, I so don't know I why think, every, every week it makes me laugh you, you try to explain how this works because it's <laughs> like you don't really know <laughs> uh, I'd sum it up as saying each week we take it in turns to come up with a question of whatever sort Mm-hmm. for the other one yeah. and if they get it right they get a point it's that that's, that's much better let's do that yeah do so that. there's no the, the, the questions can follow different sort of forms so yes so the yeah. last couple of weeks have been true or false questions yeah this week i'm gonna ask you what time period oh okay oh but god i'll give you well, we know we know that i struggle with time periods anyway i mean it's back in the day, yesteryear, all that stuff. I'm really bad. So I, you don't. It doesn't need to be too specific. Um, I don't need an exact year unless you want to give one. But it's more if, if you get the rough period right, then okay. yeah. Rough period is my uh, level of accuracy. So uh, the phrase to let your hair down. Okay. What time period did this come from? As a bit of a, a help. Um, it came from when ladies wore pointed bonnets called wimples. <gasps> and basically they would have their hair piled up and, and pinned up underneath the wimple. Yeah. So then naturally in the bedchamber, uh, when the hats and caps and everything were removed, it was a time for wanton behavior and abandonment. This says, which I love, um, only in the bedroom, only in private. But now, obviously, we know it is like you let your hair down, you have some fun. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah. What time period is that? Right. Well, my, uh, like I always say, my reference straight away is to go to Blackadder. Mm-hmm. And strong. It's incredibly accurate. Uh, but so there was reference to Wimples in. Blackadder goes forth, which was the First World War. But I think it will be earlier than that. So I am going to say Victorian times, and I'm going to guess it's something like 1850. That's your final answer? I mean, you you saying that alone means (laughs) that it shouldn't be my final answer. But yeah, I mean, I can't go back on that. It's probably earlier, isn't it? I'm going to say it is. Oh. It's the Tudors. Oh wow! Okay, mm. yeah, I'm, that's I'm miles out. I mean, to be fair, wimples are also worn by nuns still. Okay. So, but the the kind of pointed bonnets, I wasn't sure. Are you suggesting that nuns sometimes let their hair down? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> That'd be okay. way more fun. <laughs> um, scooting over that. Okay, so you are 5-4 up. 5-4. So it all comes down to the next episode. Oh, so I'm going to have to... I'm basically going to have to ask you something that nobody in the world is going to know next week to guarantee a 5 all draw. Mm. But I wouldn't be... I'm not going to be that nasty. (laughs) Or are you? Oh, well, that 
uh... To be honest, you just have to ask me about dates because it's the thing that my brain can't remember. I should not have told you that. Yes, you've given away everything. <laughs> um, so, five, four to Jill. I have to, have to draw a level next week. Otherwise, I've got to do a forfeit, which we yep. are still asking for feedback and suggestions, one of which should be, uh, yep. if, has anyone got an idea for a forfeit within the realms of, you know, Legality. not getting me arrested? And I say me... <laughs> Because it's probably more likely to be me. Let's see. Um, <laughs> you know, there's still time, but yeah. feeling quietly confident over here. Well, you you're safe anyway. You, you, at worst, you've got a tie break, so yeah, we have to think of that as well. Oh God, can somebody suggest a tie break <laughs> as well as? A forfeit. Um, yeah, in- so send in your suggestions for a forfeit. Send in suggestions for episode ideas because we're leaving this series on 10 episodes. Yeah. Maybe a bonus episode to be decided. Next week will be our final episode of yeah. this series. So any suggestions for series two or subjects you'd like us to talk about, do get in touch. Yeah. Um, our socials are at the end of the show and also in the show notes. Um, and yeah, we would love to hear from you on whatever platform of communication you prefer. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> I sometimes don't know where my sentence is going to end up when I start it. Anyway. Um, That's yes. a fun conversation. Yeah, true. Um, well, yeah, that's there. We go. That, have we finished? Have we anything else we need to cover? We, we've got one more episode this series. We're gonna. We want some. We want suggestions for series two. Um, feedback on our obviously any episodes of series one would be appreciated. And yeah, I think that's us for another week, isn't it? Thanks for listening, everybody. That's the end of another episode. I've been Jill Smith. And I've been Pete Moore. And we'll see you next time. See you next week. See you later. He's waving. Get in touch at whatthefactualpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Latalineras X, at whatthefactual. Or on Instagram, at whatthefactualpod. 